strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. It's going to be a big final hour of the show today, and I appreciate you spending part of it with us as you're rolling along with your day. So are we here. Uh, local officials in New York say that schools are already overflowing as migrant children are set to enroll. Staten Island officials call for federal solution as migrants surge into New York City hotels. Um, there really is no place to put these children, said Jean Guerra, who is the Travis Civic Association president. Um, this is where the problem lies with the American immigration system. I talked a little bit about it in the last hour. This is where the problem lies because now we are seeing that it's other places. This is not just a right versus left issue. It's a right versus wrong issue, and it's coming to a head, and I'm, I'm glad it's coming to a head. Whether you like the way it was done or not, it needs to be done. We are looking at a situation where now you have sanctuary cities like New York run by Democrats. And there's a reason why I'm I'm going party lines because that's what this thing has been done. Um, it has largely been the accusation toward Republican governors, Ducey, Abbott, DeSantis, and Republicans in general, general that we are, because I am a Republican, that we are um, heartless. And I can tell you, um, far from that, um, especially a conservative, whether you label it Republican or conservatism, whatever, um, one of the, the best eye-opening experiences I've had at the border was, I believe it was 2009, I traveled down to the border with Glenn Beck. Um, Glenn invited me with his team, and it was me and Glenn and Dana Lesh. Ted Cruz joined us. Um, Dr. Alveda King joined us. I got to be there with Dr. Dr. King's niece, um, Dr. Alveda King. And it was a humanitarian mission when these unaccompanied minors were being brought down to the border. And I got to see firsthand, first of all, how stressed and how strained the uh, federal workers were that were dealing with unaccompanied children. We're talking about young children that were just shocked at being alone in a country where they didn't speak the language in many cases, no parents, no family, no adults that they knew and have no idea what was going to happen to them next. And many of these people that are federal workers, and I'm talking about CBP and ICE workers, people that work for the federal government – They are people that have children themselves. If there's one thing about law enforcement, I wish America would understand, no matter what level of law enforcement you're in, when it involves children, it's as traumatic to that person as it is to anybody else, especially if they have children of their own. And it was a, it was tough. And we were just down there doing humanitarian things. We brought food and clothing and toys for the kids and relief items. And I spent a couple of days down there helping and watching, and it was an eye-opening experience. Um, and it's this is goes back to 2009, and I know it's been happening ever even before that. We've had a crisis, but what's happened is that the Republicans, because they're screaming for border control and locking down the border so that we have a big door and can control the flow of people, they're being called heartless to the plight of people that want to come here. That's absolutely not true. But if we don't take away the incentives for people to come, it never ends. So I think that when you listen to what people are saying, it's not a heartless thing to say. You It's one thing for the Biden administration to say, don't come, because they're saying it. Don't come. But if you do come, you're getting a cell phone as a tracking device, 
and all of these other benefits, and it is believed around the world because of the increase we've seen from other nations, not located, not Mexico, not Central America, but from all over the world. Even the terrorist people on the terror watch list realize the border is open, and there's a very good chance you're going to be allowed into the country at least to plead your case for asylum, and we're wide open. What's happening, though, in all of this humane treatment by this administration, unlike the previous administration, you tell me that it's humane because now you've got cities like New York who sound a lot like Republicans, don't they? You know, the governor and the mayor of of New York and the leaders in Staten Island starting to sound like a lot like Republicans. Hey, we can't do this. They are overwhelming our school system, our children can't get an education with all of these children. There's no room for these children there. Now imagine that. I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine had Governor Ducey said at any point during his governorship, we can't take illegal uh, illegal migrant children into our schools because there's no room for our children. That would have been an outrage. But it's a reality. We have over. We are overbooked in our classes. Our school class sizes are way too big, and so we fight over a teacher shortage. Could you imagine if somebody on the right had proposed in Arizona that we take children who are not entitled to an education in America because they're not citizens or legal residents of America, and we pull them out of classrooms so that class sizes are smaller for American kids? Could you imagine that being said? It hasn't. But if it had been said, it would be it would be roundly criticized as racist, xenophobic and un-American to a certain extent. I'd agree with you that it's un-American. But listen to what New York is saying. There are other cities around uh, around the country now that are, are, are run by Democrat leaders, liberal run cities that are now preparing for an influx. Cities like Philadelphia and others that are thinking they will be next sanctuary cities that are preparing for what might be coming their way. And so for everybody screaming about them being used as pawns, let me explain to you that there is a story out that says that the Health and Human Services, so it's not Department of Homeland Security. These are not flights by DHS. Health and Human Services, still the federal government, putting people on planes in Texas, in El Paso, and flying them to New York, to Orange County, New York, dark of night. Unannounced uh, un, um, flights showing up. Nobody's talking. Now, DHS said we have nothing to do with that, and they're probably telling the truth. But Health and Human Services has refused to comment. So for everybody out there that's talking about their pawns and their this and they shouldn't do that, then you heard the vice president on our newscast today say um, there's babies in mother's arms getting off of these buses or these planes. The federal government's doing it. This is a crisis that they don't want to acknowledge. So as Americans, why aren't we just exposing it and dealing with it? Well, here's why. Because it hurts one person politically, the president of the United States and his political party. That's what it hurts. After the election's over, then what? Well, then who cares? But do we really want to wait? Is that what this is all about? Just political partisanship? To me, it's it's sad. I can't think of any other word than to use the word sad. America should be proud of its immigration. We should be proud of the numbers of people clamoring for our shores. We should be proud of the fact that the world still sees us as the shining city on the hill. We really should. And instead, we have such an immigration nightmare and a mess. We should be ashamed. 
we should be welcoming people that want to live the American dream. You know how many immigrant friends I have? That say to people, it's the best place in the world to live. There's no place like it. We're going in the wrong direction. We should always remain free. But they would say to their friends around the world, if you can get here, man, this is the place to be. If you are a self-starter, if you are someone that is an entrepreneurial spirit, if you just want to work hard and reap the benefits of your hard work and you want to live freely and speak your mind, there's no place like America. Come do it here. But those very same immigrants are the ones that are saying you've got to do it the right way. Illegal immigration is not the right way. It's a slap in the face to legal immigrants. we got to get our stuff together, man. We are not doing a very good job. Coming up in a moment on uh, at 1120 every day on the show, we do something called Did You Hear This? It catches you up on the biggest headlines. It happens next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Let's dig into the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Kristen Benz, the CEO of KB Advisory Group, was on the show today and explained what would happen if a railroad strike occurs. Well, the first thing it will do is going to cripple this country. And people don't realize how dependent we are on the rail. It's absolutely vital to the supply chain. How could a strike affect the holiday season? Man, it could be it would be not just the holiday season, but everything that we have. Think about how much trains are used to ship everything from new cars to the things that to the fuel to oils to chemicals, products across the country people amtrak is run on rails so this could be devastating we thought we had supply chain issues coming from other countries when that port was shut down in china we won't be able to get goods and services across the country things going to have to be flown it's going to stress airports it's going to stress the freeways this could be devastating to the economy and small businesses that does that really do depend on this kind of uh, commerce are going to be devastated by this when not that you can't afford it only but you can't get it for manufacturing and for distribution. It's going to be a nightmare if it happens. New York City Mayor Eric Adams stood in Times Square today and signed a bill that made it a gun-free zone. It's difficult for trained law enforcement officers to make the split-second decision of who legally is carrying a gun. So how is the average public going to make that determination? Will this bill make Times Square safer? We have officially declared that a gun-free zone. I, you know, the, I say this with respect because I grew up in Southwest Florida, and they're devastated right now in Southwest Florida. Um, it, what if, what if Southwest Florida right now today put up signs on the beaches and declared Fort Myers a hurricane-free zone? Maybe they should do that. It would do about as much good as this mayor saying that Times Square is a gun-free zone. Criminals don't pay attention to your rules. That's why they're criminals. It's an idiotic ploy that's going to do absolutely nothing and all of the audio of the mayor saying that unfortunately is going to be thrown everywhere on social media the minute someone with a gun shoots uh, fires a gun in Times square it's a nightmare you are listening to did you hear this we do it every day at this time to get you caught up on the headlines the man in charge of one of america's biggest banks gave a dire outlook on the state of the economy Jamie Dimon, CEO at J.P. Morgan Chase, is warning a recession is likely in six to nine months. On Wall Street, the S&P is down nearly 25% from January. And Dimon says another 20% drop is possible. Did the Federal Reserve overcorrect on inflation? We're going to find out, and that's the concern. They, they did too little.
middle at the very beginning and then they did it too late and now they're having having to do bigger and bigger things to try to slow this down are they going to go too far experts are saying there's no way you can't do that that what it's going to take now to slow down prices is absolutely going to push us into a deep recession that there really is no other choice i hope that that's not the case i hope for everyone involved that's not the case but more and more experts are looking in that direction and it's a shame it's October 11th, which means it's the last day to register to vote for the midterms. Mike, why is it important to vote in elections? I just think it's more than just having your voice heard. Um, if you look around and you think to yourself, if Congress is so immensely unpopular as a body, and it is, I mean, they're they're almost in single digits in popularity usually, somewhere in the low teens as far as uh, approval rating, how is it that the vast majority of them continue to get elected and reelected? Well, the answer isn't, in my opinion, my respectful humble opinion isn't term limits. It's new people voting. If the same old people voting are voting for the same old people running, let's get new blood in the electorate. Make your voice heard. Force these politicians to speak to you because you vote. If they don't believe that they can get your vote, why do they care what you think? You can yell and scream about them all the time. You don't vote, so you don't matter. Make sure your voice is heard. Be a part of the change and the solution that we have. No matter what side of the political allow you fall on, make sure you've got the power of your vote. It's not just your right. I think it's your responsibility. How's that? How's that for a campaign speech for the final day to register to vote? I say that's pretty good. Right? Not yeah. bad. So today is the last day to register to vote. You got to do it before by 11.59 tonight. You've got to register to vote. You can do it online. Um, and I would recommend now go to KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes. It's a great clearinghouse for candidates and interviews we've done so that you can be an informed voter. But I would say register and vote. Early ballots go out tomorrow. It, the election day is November 8th. This is every election I'd say is the most important election of our lifetime. This one is no different. Even though it's a midterm election, we've got six statewide races on the ballot, five of them for in-state races, one for the Senate seat occupied by Senator Mark Kelly right now as he runs uh, against Blake Masters. Uh, in, in Maricopa County, we've been talking so much about crime and punishment. We've talked so much about having to have a partnership between law enforcement that uh, arrests people and makes cases and a prosecutor's office that are willing to prosecute those crimes to make sure that criminals are punished and just and just punishment for the crimes that they've committed. You've got to have that partnership. The Maricopa County Attorney's Office is up for grabs. You've got two stark differences in candidates in that race. And all, you know, the five races, the governor's race is up for grabs. The Secretary of State, the person that will not only oversee Arizona's elections, but the person that is first in line to become governor if the governor cannot fulfill her term. Because we will have a female governor. Um, and then after that, you have got the attorney general's office, the lawyer, uh, the attorney for the citizens of the state of Arizona. You have got uh, the school board, the superintendent of public instruction, who oversees a lot in our public schools. And then finally, the treasurer who invests our money to make sure our money as a state is growing. Important elections. And you've got you should have a voice. So get online today. Register and vote. That's my passionate plea coming up. In a moment, we're going to talk a little bit about that rail strike. The president's popularity in key demographics, 10 important uh, demographics, or I would say categories, which voters say are the most important to them. How does the president rate? We'll let you know next. Strong values 
and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, you know, I think that was kind of a bombshell, at least for people in the state of Arizona, that former Vice President Mike Pence now endorsing Blake Masters for the United States Senate. I think that things are lining up where people are going to make their decision in the next couple of weeks. I don't know that we're going to see huge dramatic shifts in polling, but we are going to see some shifts. I find some significance here because there has been a perceived and I think real rift between President Trump and Vice President Pence since both have left office when it came to the election integrity issue. And uh, we have seen a difference. We know that um, uh, the former vice president supported Karen Taylor Robeson for the governor's office. And, and of course, we know that former President Trump is supporting Carrie Lake and her run. But to have the two of them supporting the same candidate in Blake Masters, I think, is significant. Is that something that would be able to unify not just the Republican Party voters, but also independent right-leaning voters to say, okay, Masters is the right person to vote for? Uh, we'll see. That, that remains to be seen. Um, want to talk a bit about the economy and a little bit more of our conversation with Kristen Bentz, but I, I brought this out a few minutes, uh, a few hours ago, a couple of hours ago. Um, the president... In 10 key categories of priority for voters, um, the president and that the, the order that the people see them of, of importance are not the order you're going to hear them in, but it's the highest of his approval rating to the lowest. Um, only 47 percent of Americans now approve of his handling of covid. He had high marks before 44 percent on the environment, which that, that shocks me. That one surprises me because he is a environmentalists love his stance on climate change. Racial inequality, only 42 percent. Unemployment and jobs, 38 percent. Unifying the country, 37 percent. International trade, 37 taxes, 34 he only gets 33% approval. Only a third of people in this study approve his handling of the economy. The same with immigration. Corruption, 31%. Um, now, as far as importance and what the people view as the most important, over half, the only one of the uh, – what do you think the only one that's over half? 55% of people respond and say the most important issue is economy. Second is employment and jobs. I would have put them all together. But between the two of them, it's 79 percent. Then it's immigration at 21, the environment at 16, unification at 15, and so on down the line. I think this is important because of what we are hearing and what we are seeing are two different things. The Biden administration has said a couple of things that don't necessarily um, coincide. They don't mesh with what the American people are feeling. Uh, so here's what the president said. The president said about our economy in a speech um, just the other day. It's been the fastest increase of people reentering the workforce of any modern economic recovery. But there's something else. Our job market continues to show resilience. So he's talking about the job market. Well, we now know that Amazon and Walmart are doing special promotions for people that use government money. There are more and more people that are reliant on assistance programs. WIC, uh, you know, we have here WIC and EBT, uh, food stamps, basically. And so these transfer payments that are allow, allowing, allowing people to get what well, transfer payments are government money. That's government dollars. So here's Kristen Bench. She is with the she owns KB Advisory Group. She's the CEO of that. 
that company. And uh, she is a retail analyst. She has been advising. She made her career out of advising Wall Street on what was going to happen in the retail world. She's an expert. And here's what she said about big retailers, Amazon and Walmart, and these special promotions. When Amazon starts creating a special promotional membership to Prime for those recipients, they're following the money. Okay? And remember, everybody's money is green. And so people that follow the economy will kind of turn their nose up at folks that are receiving benefits. But when they realize how many people are receiving SNAP benefits, EBT, food stamps, etc., that's government money. So if you're smart, you'll start catering to those consumers, which is what Walmart has already been doing, but now Amazon is. So not only have they got special promotions and lower rates for membership for Amazon for people that are using those public assistance accounts, but they also have normalized layaway. They're brought back layaway in the in the online world. So you can go set up an account. You can go and buy things on layaway, pay over time. Once you've paid for your item, they will ship your item to you. So they are doing everything they can to squeeze money out. Now, the good good news for consumers are, is right now she talked about there is some good news for people out there, and it's this. The good news, because I often bring you bad news, the good news for the consumer is you are going to see probably one of the most promotional holidays you've seen in like 15 years. So retailers are still trying to get rid of all of the product that they received um, that slowly arrived during the whole supply chain issue. So they have a glut of product. So companies like Nike are trying to flow through. Target, we saw what happened with them. Walmart. So they need to clear this product before the holiday product arrives. So now you're seeing people, uh, and this is where we talk to her about steep discounts, and we're going to see them. I'll let her finish this thought before I make mine on the conversation we had. So you're going to see deep, steep discounts, especially in electronics. So that's great for the consumer. Um, brick and mortar retail, not so much. Okay. So they're stuck with all this inventory that they had. Now they're trying to go through it to receive the new goods for holiday, and they're going to have to deeply discount everything they have to clear it in order to get rid of the holiday product that they're receiving. So, again, they have got to clear the shelves to make room for the new stuff that's coming in so they can have sales again to clear the shelves. So uh, she goes on to say October is a new Black Friday. October is a new Black Friday, right? So that's why you're seeing Prime Day in October. And then Target stepped up their deal days and now Walmart. And so literally October is going to be your whole holiday Black Friday situation. And then by the time we get to November and December, then I think you're going to see even steeper discounts. So now when you look at that and what's happening, um, I, after we did the segment with Kristen this morning, and I always, I, she is such a great interview, a wealth of information, and very entertaining. Go back and listen on the podcast to the interview we did with her at 9.05, so the top of the second hour on the podcast. And uh, after she was on with me, I, ch- I, I checked messages like crazy during commercial breaks, both on my phone and on social media. And I've got messages from people on social media that I'm friends with and saying, hey, listen, I've already shopped. I've already spent hundreds of dollars because of the deals that are out there. This is the reality for people. The concern is that you're not going to have it later. I'm not trying to be um, a doom and gloomer, but that's people's concern is are you going to have money this holiday season? Why would they be doing layaway and not just let you use a credit card? How many people now have maxed out their credit cards paying for necessities. We haven't really even talked about gas prices. Gas prices are steadily rising again. 
and we are going to crest four bucks a gallon nationally as an average here in the valley. We're already at five dollars a gallon, partially because of oil prices, partially because of refinery issues in California, which have been resolved. But with the continuing increase in the price of a barrel of oil and manufacturing is going to be more expensive, we're not going to see much easing in that regard. So we are still paying well above four dollars a gallon. We're probably going to for the foreseeable future. Food is still outrageously expensive. Clothing is outrageously expensive. All the necessities to heat your home as well. And on top of that, now the holidays are upon us. People are worried. And so I hopefully it reverses. I'll be honest. I, I've said this before. The president made a statement that we played yesterday saying that he thinks some of his Republican friends with air quotes, some of his Republican friends are praying against jobs. And that's not the case. So certainly not with me. That's not the case. I want success for America. But just like everybody else, we've been warning about this for a long time. And the White House said we were wrong. It turns out they were wrong. But you're paying for it. And I think that's why the elections are going to go the way they do. Um, Coming back in just a moment, uh, I want to talk about one more issue. Uh, The nation of Mexico is suing in a U.S. court, and wait until you hear why they are suing. It's all coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thank you for being here. Uh, Happy Tuesday. I want to take you for a little trip down memory lane because this story to me is very absurd, and I hope you'll go read it. It's over at KTAR.com, and it's Mexico files lawsuit in an Arizona court targeting U.S. gun dealers. Uh, I think it's a slap in the face. I think it's absurd. Um, If there are people there, and it's true that this happens, there are straw buyers that go into gun stores that are legal to purchase firearms. They purchase firearms knowing that they can sell them for a much higher price to the cartels. Those are criminals that still haven't been caught and they still are able to buy firearms. But the fact that this is happening in mass, it's the cartels that are responsible. It's not people on this side of the border. Now, there are a couple of cases and things that are happening. Young people are being used. When I say young, I mean barely old enough to drive and some of them too young to drive cars that are being recruited on social media by the cartels to mule or drive people that are in the country illegally to drop houses or other places in the valley. So they're being told on social media, that's where they reach out to them many times, and they're being told, okay, there is a vehicle that is here, usually stolen, but there's a vehicle that's here. Here are the keys, or here's how you start it. Drive this car down to this location at the border. You're going to pick up four people. We're going to pay you $1,000 a person. That's four grand to a teenager. We want you to drive these four people up here to the valley and drop them off at this house or at this place or in Tucson or wherever, and they're being paid large amounts of money to do that. Now, it's easy to say to about these young kids, don't do that. It's dangerous. It is. You're working for the cartels and you're breaking the law, but it's thousands of dollars. So now you've got people and the Mexican government is saying that this is somehow the problem, the fault of gun dealers. I will tell you that I – you know my relationship with Tombstone Tactical. I work with them. I, I know they are the best. I know these are honorable people that own a family-owned business that want to make sure and do make sure that everything is done the right way. One of the biggest conversations I've had with Brian – And his wife is about how many purchases they've turned away. People that come in with large amounts of cash that want to buy guns. There have been many times they've told people no. Even though these people passed a background check, they've said we don't feel comfortable making this sale. And I also know that they echo the sentiment of the vast majority of legal gun dealers 
distributors here in the state of Arizona. The idea, and by the way, they're saying this list of places that people are buying firearms and taking them across the border border states. What a surprise. The cartels are coming across the border or sending people across the border and then they're taking these guns back across. So it's not just Americans. There's there's two sides to that border. You understand that. There is the American side and there is the Mexican side of that border. They could be doing a lot more to secure their side of the border if they were that concerned about what's going on. Let's also remind everybody about Operation Fast and Furious, which was the federal government under the Obama administration where over 2,000 rifles were legally purchased. Now, this is a part of the story not a lot of people knew because it didn't get much publicity, that during the time when these straw purchases were being made, and there were a lot of guns being purchased, there was a gun dealer here in town, a, a firearms dealer. That reached out to ATF and said, man, we're getting a lot of these weird purchases that are going on right now. And so we just want to let you guys know. I don't know if we want to make these sales or not. ATF said to this particular one, make the sale. We're on a surveillance uh, case. We're on a case here. Well, that firearms dealer was smart enough was wise enough to record those phone calls so that they always could say in a court of law, here's us calling ATF. We called them and they told us to make the sales. So when those couple of thousand firearms ended up in Mexico and no one was ever told by our federal government, what about those operations? That wasn't the fault of firearms dealers. That was directly the fault of the federal government in the United States and the oversight by management. And the worst part about it is boots on the ground, the agents on the ground that are out there every day risking their lives to make sure, with with firearms especially, that people are obeying the law. And when people aren't obeying the law, they pay a heavy price. Those field agents were the ones that blew the whistle. It was management and bosses and the upper echelon that's long gone, by the way. The people at ATF right now in Arizona are reputable, good people. I'm talking about the former regime that was here in Arizona. They've been shipped out. But what you saw with Operation Fast and Furious was no doubt a cover-up by our federal government. But for the government of Mexico to lay any of this at the feet of the American people and firearms dealers is absolutely absurd. You want to come after the American government? You want to say they have a hand in this? You do what you want, government to government. The relationship between the American people and the Mexican people have been fantastic. It's Arizona's number one trading partner. You certainly cannot label the people of Mexico criminals just like you can't the people of America. If people, if if I were to let make a put a label on this on the Mexican people, I would be wrong, and people would be rightly outraged because I said that. The fact that the nation of Mexico is filing a suit in American courts against m- American gun manufacturers, and the government in America is not protecting the gun man, or I'm sorry, the gun dealers, it, it's a horrible thing. Keep your eye on this. This is something that's not going to go away, but it is an ugly thing that should not be happening. We all should be defending. A business owner that does their job and does it the right way. Let's ask how the cartels have such access here and what the Mexican government is doing about the cartels in their country that are decimating the good people of their country. That's a great question. All right, out of time. Social media users at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter. At Broomhead Show updates you on our guests for the show. So always follow both accounts. But Mike Broomhead, all one word, is where you find me on Instagram. We're back tomorrow morning just after 8 o'clock. So I hope you can join us for part of your day. Until then, have a great day. God bless.